Mama taught me a long time ago, two wrongs don't make a right. Just because Amazon is maybe not helping you fast enough or they've created a problem for you and they haven't helped you resolve it fast enough, just because that happened doesn't allow you to go and break the law. Once you cross that into the dark side one time, it's really hard not to continue doing it. Welcome to the Day 2 Podcast, where we give you the unfiltered truth to launch, grow, and protect your brand on Amazon and beyond. We have a repeat guest today on the Day 2 Podcast. He joined us last year for our episode titled, When Sellers Attack. This time, we revisit a story we briefly mentioned on that podcast, just barely at the end, that everyone in the Amazon space is talking about today. Today is March 30th, 2023. I'm Jason Boyce, founder and CEO of Avenue 7 Media and the host of the Day 2 Podcast, Chris McCabe. Thank you for being here. It was great to see you at the Prosper Show, although we never have enough time because we're always being pulled in different directions. Uh, and it's so great to be have you back on the Day 2 Podcast. It's been a busy news day. It's been an incredible day and week. Everyone's talking about it in the retail or business space or national media, from what I can tell. This might be the first of a two or three conversations we have, whether it's on your Day 2 Podcast or not, because this phenomenon of employees doing things they shouldn't, sharing info they shouldn't, being induced to do it, who's pleading guilty to doing it, which is just about all the you know defendants at this point, unless more people are charged. But this is, I think, the first slice or the first piece of more stories and investigations and maybe some soul searching on Amazon's side in terms of what's going on between their walls. Just to get us up to speed in terms of, of, of where we're at, what's happening in September of 2020, Spencer Sofer of Bloomberg broke the story that several employees in India were indicted along with six Amazon consultants by the Department of Justice for bribery schemes worth $100 million to those involved. One of those accused was Ed Rosenberg, founder of a very big Brooklyn uh, Amazon seller group, the ASGTG, a membership group for sellers looking to get ahead on Amazon and share expertise. Ed's company are paid consultants, paid for account listing reinstatements, among other things, just like your company um, in terms of the headline there, Chris, but you do this in a very different way, which we'll break down. A year ago, Spencer posts another story where he caught that a restraining order had been issued against Ed for making physical threats against the former Amazon employee. A current so, employee. A current, uh, that's right. A current employee. A current employee. Yeah. That's right, Chris. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. And if things weren't crazy enough, there were stories of suitcases full of cash via Uber going to Amazon employees. There was a story of a cash in a llama footstool ottoman thing. And then this story that, that Spencer broke, that public information was later reversed um, but it was too late because Spencer had already filed and printed the- It went the, back under seal. So it was unsealed at first. And then after Spencer's story, Amazon went back to reseal it. Um, yeah, that's right. That's right. And so- And I guess, I guess what we learned from that, not to break your stride, was that the current employee was on the witness list to testify against- probably multiple of these defendants. Now, all of the original defendants have pled guilty as of this week. And there's a word so. for that. It's called witness tampering, among other things. And other so, yeah. 
it in Ed all along from the time the indictment was laid out in 2020 up until this week, March of 2023, Ed swore that he was innocent. All of these were lies. None of this was true. And he would have his day in court. A few days ago, Ed posted a YouTube video on LinkedIn, YouTube, and all the different social channels to his group. Basically, a mea culpa, if you will, apologizing and saying not only had he lie, had been lying to his group and to his supporters, but he had also officially bribed employees, that it was wrong and that he would never do it again. And um, he, he disavowed everything that he had said up to that point. And I thought, wow. And then, and then, then, Chris, the news came out that he was changing his plea, that he was going to plead guilty, which he did today. And, you know, I just, I was just sharing a text from Spencer uh, with you, Chris, ahead of the call. Uh, Spencer was there at the courtroom. He was one of the only reporters, he was an only reporter there. His LinkedIn was a mea culpa, was part of that plea agreement that he made today. He had to publicly apologize and agree to not later on disavow the statements that he made on social media. Holy cow, Chris. Correct. You can't you can't make a guilty plea and then come back later and say, well, I just did that to placate the feds and the U.S. Attorney's Office. I didn't really mean any of it. I just had to tidy up that problem. So that's why they do that. The question, beca- I mean, there's several different questions. There's kind of a smaller circle of issues, which is around particular defendants, what they were doing, and also what they gave the federal investigators in exchange for the guilty plea, because you don't get that for nothing. Um, You give up information, you give up people. That's um, right. And I've got a couple of theories on that, which we can explore. But then there's the, that's kind of the micro problem. The macro problem is, have these people been involved in these practices in recent years? Are other people doing it? We still see lots of abuses. We still see lots of strange things happening to people's listings. We see things that could only be accomplished if, if you had access to Amazon's tools. There's been all sorts of discussions about, you know, what's still going on. Are people still buying screenshots of internal account info from their competitors or on their own account? Um, I think if you ask 90-something percent of the Amazon seller community, they'll say, yeah, we see these screenshots all the time. Are there people who are getting their brands gated that shouldn't be getting gated? Uh, how are they accomplishing that? Who's getting lightning deals? Who's keeping their competitors from lightning deals? So that's the macro side. The micro side, and stop me you know, if you want to start with that, but I would kick that part off with, if you plead guilty, first of all, you're reversing everything you've been saying for three years. So you're basically admitting that you've lied to your audience, you've lied to the public, you've lost, lied to your followers. Maybe your followers are okay with that, and they'll accept you either way. Um, but that's not going to cut it with Amazon itself, or with legal teams, or with the public, the greater public. Because some of the bribes were paid to reinstate sellers who probably shouldn't have been reinstated. They might have had unsafe products. They might have had counterfeit products. So the question becomes, what do you trade if you're the defendant, you're pleading guilty, you're reversing all your public statements saying that it was a fraud, a hoax, you were set up, whatever. What did he trade? What did these other defendants trade in exchange for reduced prison time? And theoretically, the more you trade, the less your prison sentence. It's not an exact equation. But does that mean he named clients that paid him to pay the bribes? Likely. Does that mean he had to give all of his clients over to the investigators or the U.S. Attorney's Office and let them decide which ones they thought paid the bribes? Uh, does it mean he had to name his silent partners or other partners? These are the things we didn't get to find out because there wasn't a trial. 
if it went to trial, maybe he would have named specific Amazon employees that he had paid, how he had paid them, how much he had paid them. We don't know if some of those are current employees. It makes a big difference whether he paid former employees that the company already monitored, investigated, terminated, or current employee who's still actively employed there. That makes a huge difference to brands and sellers going into the future because maybe they would have been outed in the process of a trial and we don't get to find that out. We, we don't know how big the bribes were. We just know that they happened. We don't know how many thousands of bribes were paid. We don't know the amounts of the bribes. We don't know how many employees were involved over how many years. We have a rough idea of the number of years, but there are so many unanswered questions. Does date back as, as early as 2016? 2016 to 2020, at least. I mean, maybe yeah. beyond the indictment. The indictment was September 2020. Yeah. So once the indictment came down, even though these behaviors were rumored and some of us had heard about stuff because people were making threats against each other and people were posting things publicly, um, some sellers had their detail pages defaced, which obviously an employee had to erase it. There were things that could only be accomplished by employees. So because they were so sloppy about it and because they were publicly threatening each other and so forth, this spilled out into the public realm and outside of emails and texts and private conversations to the point where, of course, enough people get threatened enough times the FBI gets involved. Somebody calls them and wants their help. U.S. Attorney's Office gets involved. And of course, Amazon ultimately was involved as well because their employees were involved in these various schemes and various levels. So Chris, so what, you're max, saying, yeah. what you're saying here at a high level, just circling back to all of these details, yeah. it is Ed didn't have a moment of consciousness of and wanting to do the right thing. Uh, he made a deal. And changing his plea from not guilty to guilty likely meant that he had to give somebody or some some persons, plural, up in order to change his plea or to and, and to lower his sentence, which will likely, will, will likely happen. He could go to jail for up to five years if he had gone to court with a not guilty plea and a, and a, and a juror found him, a, a jury found him guilty. Maybe there was some kind of deal making in there, but I think it's hard to know. Yeah. It, it's hard to know. And the yeah. sentencing, by the way, it hasn't happened yet. That will happen later in the year. That right. will be very telling. If I would imagine the lower the amount of time he has to do, along with up to that $250,000 fine, which I'm sure he spent at least a, on legal fees defending himself, I'm sure that that will be very telling when the sentence does actually come out. And I'm not sure on the exact date it'll be later. I don't know the date. Later um, in the year. But, you know, Chris, you've been on top of this story more than anyone from day one. Um, you, maybe James Thompson, I don't think anyone's as, as snapped in as you are. I think it's important for our listeners to understand, uh, and I want to clarify something that I said earlier in the podcast, which is uh -huh. Rosenberg purported himself to be part of the sellage group. And while he may start it out well-intended, this really turned dark fast. And then when he was accused... Uh, and by the way, here's some of the things in the in the Bloomberg article that just came out from Spencer today. There's been several articles now. There's been at least two, right? Yep, yep. And so then uh, the Bloomberg article that came out today, some of the defendants, and I'm, I would imagine these are members or outside members of, of uh, Ed's group, um, got products removed for safety issues, put back on the site. So that's not good. If the product was legitimately removed for safety issues, 
and it got put back on the site because of a bribe. That's bad for consumers. It's bad for Amazon. It's bad for everybody. For a few hundred dollars, merchants could get an Amazon insider to erase negative customer reviews and their products. So that's a few hundred bucks. To your point, Chris, where he could have mentioned his entire list of, of group members in the indictment, not only to Amazon, but to the corpse. I mean, that could be thousands and thousands of sellers. $5,000, this is the one that really sticks in my craw. $5,000 would buy a takedown in which company consultants conspired to eliminate a competitor from the site by buying its products and leaving negative feedback that they knew would trigger a suspension of the product. So, so Chris, on one hand, you're out as there. an agency owner. That must that must really steam you up as an owner of an agency. And as a former seller, yeah. right? More than anything, right? Yes, it, it yes. Really fires me up. Here, you've got a person who's getting out there publicly every week in his newsletter on social media, saying, "I'm here to protect you." On one hand, and on the other hand, he's potentially or allegedly, according to this, working to take down competitors who are probably following the rules, but just have a better mousetrap or playing the game appropriately. That's really not okay. And even if not all of the six or seven defendants did each of these specific acts against, like at the behest of one brand or seller against another, the problem here is that once the genie is out of the bottle, once there's a single payment for a single thing, you have to think you lose control of that very quickly because there's somebody inside Amazon who is willing to take money to do other things. You can't control what that person's willing to do in exchange for a payment. And when you build kind of a a culture or a system or a side system of employees who are willing to do certain things, first of all, they might have colleagues who become aware of it who say, hey, I'm not getting a side payment and you are. You're making all this money in addition to your salary. What do I need to do to get your, oh, maybe I have to do things that you're not willing to do. Or simply, you know, you lose control of it in terms of, imagine this, imagine you at some point, let's just say you find your conscience, you do some soul searching. It's not in exchange for a guilty plea. You told me at the start of this conversation that the public post was part of the plea. So it wasn't exactly agonizing with your conscience. It was part of what he had to do in order to resolve this. Yep. But what if, let's just play the what if game in terms of what's going on nowadays with an employee at Amazon. What if that person has been paid once a month, whatever, per case, doesn't matter, over the years, and you suddenly say, I'm sorry, I woke up this morning, I had a crisis of conscience, or simply selfish reasons, I'm afraid I'm going to get caught, I'm not going to pay you anymore. What if that employee at Amazon comes back and says, okay, well, I've got a long list of people I reinstated because you paid me bribes in the past. Maybe I'll go back through a checklist of those accounts and find some things that I'm not so happy with. And maybe I'll find reasons to resuspend those people. And then you can come back to me and let me know if you did more soul searching and decided that you'd like to continue the bribery payments to me after all. You've lost control of that relationship and they can extort that consultant and the consultant or whoever kind of in quotes consultant can't go run and call a cop. And they can't go call their lawyer because they're already guilty of illegal and illicit acts. Think of it that way. Once you cross that line, and I don't know, I don't know what Ed's path or journey was to this terrible place that he finds himself in now, or to say another way, this terrible place that he's put brands and sellers into. Is maybe maybe it was legitimate, right? Maybe the the person that he first did this with 
uh, Amazon truly wouldn't help him and he couldn't figure out how to do it. So it was well intended. But the road to hell, right. the road to hell, Chris, is paid with good intentions. And whatever and however Ed started, good intentions or not, this certainly ended up in a very dark place. And as a public, well, you can't parent, assume they were all frivolous, yeah. baseless suspensions. We all we've all seen those, but you can't just assume that over years and thousands or hundreds of accounts that they were all yeah. no. BS suspension. And, and the reason I say this again, this PSA here, is to just let people know. You know, you cross that line once, and it's, it speaks directly to your point that you're talking about with the potential Amazon employee who's who's been bribed in the past. Once you cross that into the dark side one time, it's really hard not to continue doing it and not to to continue going down that path. And I feel like I want to take just a moment to talk to our sellers that are listening who are out there and other brand owners who may have considered this or are thinking of this. Ignorance of the law does not prevent you from going to jail if you break the law, number one. Number two, I'm sure this is confusing. To a lot of sellers who may be listening from other countries, not Europe, not UK, not the United States, because bribery is many ways how some of these countries work. China, the communist China, bribery is, is a thing. In India, bribery is a thing. All around the world, bribery is a thing, but not here in the United States. And I want to just let everybody know, if you as a US business owner, forget about bribing somebody here in the United States, but if you go to a foreign country and you bribe a foreign official or you bribe somebody there, you can go to jail here in the United States. Correct. What? Yeah, no, nobody knows that really. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so bribery is bad. It may yeah. sound like a quick fix. Please don't do it. Please don't do this. And I'm hoping, Chris, that this story will act as any further deterrent. We'll talk more about that in a minute. Secondly, when you do get caught with your hand in the cookie jar... Don't make threats. Don't threaten physical violence to witnesses. Don't don't go full thug life on um, you know try to try to murder uh, tactics and and also you know don't threaten your clients. You and know, I, Chris, we have a fiduciary duty to our clients. Make sure that they're don't get in trouble. They're within the law, and they were doing everything we can within the boundaries of the law to grow clients. If you step outside of that, if we step outside of that, not only do we put our current client in jeopardy, but the whole thing. And that's exactly what Ed did. Do you think this- Well, yeah. Was- the, the idea that he did, just did this for his clients, it was a selfless act to help his clients. It's actually really dangerous to apply those types of practices to a relationship with an Amazon seller because while it seems in the short term, oh, I'll get my account reinstated, you could get your account reinstated. It could be uncovered later. You could be facing a permanent ban. And all you had to do was appeal legitimately in the, in the original instance, and you wouldn't have been risking your entire business. So you're actually hurting a client, not helping a client when you use illegal methods to, at least in your brain, try to help them. If it gets uncovered, you could be killing their business. You could also be putting them in legal peril. Right. So- that's important. A lot of the people commenting on these threads, I mean, I know the LinkedIn posts and the threads have gone on for, you know, days. Um, a lot of those people, first of all, they didn't read the indictment. You can tell that they're ignorant of the original charges. Secondly, they're ignorant of the way U.S. law works. Um, and thirdly, they don't understand uh, what's potentially damaging for them. They're not legally trained to the point where they can make a decision 
about their own culpability. You can't just pay a consultant and say, I don't know what he did with my money. I just paid him. I walked away. There's no proof that I knew it was going into a bribe. You could be in a lot more danger than that. There could be messages back and forth. All they need is a subpoena to start reading those messages and say, well, that's not true, actually. There are a couple of messages here where this person said they had some internal contacts at Amazon that they were buddies with or that they were friendly with or that they meet with when they go to Seattle, whatever it is, because it wasn't just overseas employees, it was Seattle employees too. And you knew that there was going to be something that probably meant that some of the money you gave was going to the employee. And of course, a lot of these instances were six-figure bribes, right? Hundreds of thousands of dollars. You're probably not paying one hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars, not knowing that some of that is going somewhere other than the consultant. I mean, I just don't think that's credible. Chris, do you think there was some serious pucker factor from folks who knew that they had worked for Ed, knew they had knowledge that this was that the way that they were getting their problem solved was via bribery, and that they may at this point, if they haven't been um, contacted already, uh, could have some liability, legal liability, criminal liability. Well, yes, some of the well, some of the sellers that we years ago, maybe back in 2020, we started hearing from people. I think I've been banned. I think I've been permanently banned on Amazon. They sent us a message like, "Don't even appeal," or "Go ahead and appeal," but then they never heard back. And there was a group of 20 or 30 or 40 sellers that contacted us trying to get a group rate or something like that. But we quickly realized that they were probably accused of doing something terrible, like contributing to a bribery situation that ended up in, in the pocket of an Amazon employee. So first of all, it was my duty to tell them, I don't think this is solvable. And secondly, I'm not an attorney. Go get some legal advice because never mind your business, you could be in some legal trouble here. Most of them, I don't know what the upshot was. We never took them as clients. Obviously, as soon as this was going on, and once we understood this, this was a widespread phenomenon, we started asking everybody. Did any of them say up front in this scenario, that they had been a former client of, of Ed's group? It's never been just about one consultant or one person. We tried to focus more on the practices versus the person because we don't want to say, well, did, did so-and-so work with you? And they say no, but then the practices or the behaviors were the same. So we usually focus on that, but we did hear the same types of names coming up over and over. Got it. Um, and and some of the also- other, I'm assuming some of the other six who were also indicted along with yeah, but also there were secret masterminds that we kept hearing about. Oh, we went to this event in New York, or we went to this event in Mexico, or we went to this event in different parts of the U.S. and overseas where these types of things were discussed. And when they went to these events, speakers would have presentations that would show internal screenshots of Amazon's tools, and they would show sales reports. I mean, they weren't just getting annotations of account status. They were looking at sales numbers. They were looking at ASIN-level data. Um, they were looking at specific programs the people had opted into. And you were you used to have access to those as an employee at Amazon, so you recognized them immediately. This isn't right. This isn't something that should be public knowledge right now. Certainly the account annotations when people, I mean, the problem is that way past 2020, these pro this persists. People still send screenshots out to consultants and say, hey, this is what I got from some guy inside Amazon or some woman inside Amazon. Can you look at it? I know you used to work there. Can you help me out? And of course, where did you get this? What's the first question we ask? The fact that the screenshots can be obtained so cheaply and from so many sources is something that Amazon really needs to figure out and figure out soon 
because that's been going on for way too long. And you can get info not just on yourself, but on any competitor. I mean, that is out there for the taking as long as you're willing to pay the price. Wow. So that's alarming. Chris, I'm so discouraged to hear you say that. That, You're saying that is still, you have knowledge that that sort of behavior is still happening to this day, even with this very public case in the press. I mean, these defendants are the first, they were the first people I had heard about were doing these things. So they set the precedent. So kind of one thing I want to say to anyone who supports any of these guys is never, ever come back to us or anyone and complain that you're being abused or you're being attacked or a seller's attacking you or that employees might be involved if you're going to support these defendants because they set the precedent, they set the tone, they created this legacy. So if you're ever attacked in the future, but you believe that these people were doing good things for sellers, you've lost the right to complain and you should just swallow your pill and take it down because you signed off on this. You agree that illegality is okay if you support what these defendants were doing. Of course, if it happens to somebody else, it's different. If it happens to you, all of a sudden, you'll feel differently and you'll change your tune, right? But never complain about being attacked or having crazy stuff happen to you because you signed on to being okay with it whenever you support the types of behaviors that these defendants were doing. Back to this Mea Culpa YouTube video, Chris. First of all, I was shocked that he came clean. That was my first thought. My second thought was, wow, he made a deal. He must have made a very good deal. Um, And the third thought was, I couldn't believe the comments that were being left in support of this behavior after, yeah, I I just think it's a special kind of badness when you, on one hand, are, are publicly out there saying, I'm here to support you. And on the other hand, you're making threats to those that you helped by breaking the law. I mean, were you surprised by those comments? We weren't weren't surprised because if your arm is twisted behind your back and if making a confession is part of your plea deal, of course you do it. That's not the measure of character. You were surprised the fact that he did it because he made a deal. My my question is, were you surprised by the comments left on his post? Not really. Uh, in really. support of this and saying, oh, at that a boy, good job. We know that he well, had the right intentions in mind. Well, some people are confusing the lack of fairness by Amazon with it's okay to do illegal stuff to try to counter some of the unfair things Amazon does. We, we all know that Amazon communicates poorly. We all know investigative quality is weak. We know just by doing this stuff every day, we know that they probably don't audit investigation annotations or investigation quality much. We know there's so much to improve that Amazon has to do in their relationships with sellers. There's been some window dressing stuff, but superficial, not very substantive. And we know beyond all that, that they need to monitor their own employees very, very closely from this point forward. That doesn't mean that any means at your disposal of fighting back should be open to you, including illegal things that could risk your client, their whole business, risk their freedom, right? And so those people must not understand. First of all, they don't understand the types of info you have to exchange in order to get a lighter sentence when you plead guilty. Because if you're not getting if you're not giving anything to the investigators, if you're not trading anything, then you have to go to trial, right? They have no reason to cut you a deal. So they would just try you. But if there's a 
abundance of evidence against you, you have to kind of have your attorneys explore a guilty plea. But I'm not surprised at the comments because, I mean, if they don't care that he was lying to them for all these years, completely reversing course and saying, well, everything I told you for the last three years is garbage. Now it's the truth. That's not something like you can ever trust what they say. So if you don't mind being lied to, then you probably don't mind the illegal behaviors or the negative effects it's had on other brands and other sellers, not just your own. And then on top of that, if you're posting comments of support because you were a client who paid money that went to a bribe, you're probably not understanding that you could be asked questions that are very uncomfortable about how you got reinstated. And who's to say that Amazon isn't going to make as a condition of their responsibility in this? By the way, we have to go back through every single account and figure out everyone, whether it got reinstated properly or not. And by the way, just as a small footnote, shouldn't there be an amnesty for some suspended sellers who appealed legitimately and never had an explanation for why their appeals were denied? Shouldn't some of those people be given a fresh chance to appeal simply because they didn't pay a bribe? Because undoubtedly there are sellers active right now, today, as we sit, who are only live on Amazon because they paid a bribe through a consultant to a, uh, an employee and it wasn't detected at the time. How is it fair that they're actively selling, that they were able to illegally reinstate their business and somebody that, that we might've talked to, clients or not, is still suspended? and hasn't gotten quality answers from Amazon. I, I was really surprised by the comments. I expected more people to go, Ed, what WTF? How, you are lying to us. You put us in jeopardy. Uh, screw you. And and I didn't see any of that. Um, and uh, I wanted to make some of those comments myself. I chose not to. Uh, right. maybe, well, I, maybe I should have. But, you know, mama taught me a long time ago, two wrongs don't make a right. Just because, as you said, Amazon is uh, maybe not helping you fast enough or they're not, or, or they've created a problem for you and they haven't helped you resolve it fast enough, just because that happened doesn't allow you, it doesn't give you license to go and break the law. And if, if for no other reason, it's going to jail because he did this, right? And there's probably not only other consultants who have already done time, but other sellers who, who who might be open to legal jeopardy now. And what's their relationship to Amazon now? What if their name is on a list of sellers that did yeah, this? That's right. I mean, that's supposedly you care about your relationship with Amazon. Yes. Do you yeah. think Amazon's going to love you and keep you around if you were involved in stuff like this? Oh, no. That ain't happening. That Just because you didn't feel like writing an appeal or you got a little lazy and you wanted a shortcut and you had the money bulging out of your wallet to throw at somebody who is willing to do something outside of the law, is that worth it to soil your entire relationship with Amazon? How is Amazon going to view you going forward, right? Yeah, not to mention your, your personal integrity. What's interesting, and I hadn't thought of this angle, Chris, it's really brilliant. Amazon, because they couldn't prevent this from happening and didn't have potentially checks and balances in place, really disadvantaged, potentially disadvantaged a long list of sellers who lost their business because of tactics that these consultants were paying for. And what about them? That's what you're saying, right? You're saying, hey, Amazon, I know you know who these good sellers were who were taken down through bad behavior. What 
are you going to do about it? Do you think they've done anything, Chris? And if they did, maybe they don't wouldn't they wouldn't want to make that public. But should there be a mechanism for sellers who feel that they were taken down, uh, you know, unnecessarily, or should there, or should this information be made public? Here's a list of all of the sellers that were taken down because of a bribe, and you have an opportunity to to talk to us about it so that we Amazon can help you make it right. These are the things we didn't get because there was no trial. Part of the trial would have been maybe finding out if certain employees were still there who were part of this, you know, because that impacts you. If there's somebody that used to take bribes but doesn't anymore and they're reading appeals, I mean, they're biased. They're not objective anymore. They can't read an appeal. So this is one of the many things we didn't get that's behind the scenes. We don't know what Amazon's doing to clean this up. We know that they're, in Amazon's defense, they are making steps, taking steps, I should say, and they are making headway in terms of monitoring employees or trying to identify illicit behavior. I mean, they're way past where they were when the indictment came down, which is to their credit. But we have no way of measuring objectively whether it's enough or not enough, or are they still in the infancy of these programs? Do they have enough headcount devoted to these programs? These are all legitimate questions. I mean, if this is over for now, what are they doing to chase after people that aren't one of the defendants that have pled guilty? You know, I mean, that battle has to continue. The behaviors have certainly continued. We would not be approached as consultants as often as we are if people weren't still getting attacked like this. And just to use your product reviews example, people weren't, this is again, an example of why you can't put the genie back in the bottle once it's out. People weren't just paying to delete negative reviews about their products, products which may have been unsafe or counterfeit. They were also paying people to make sure negative reviews of their competitors stuck around, right? It wasn't just deleting your own negatives or maybe paying to make sure that your fake positive reviews stuck around. Yeah. That compromises the integrity of the review system. It's never just one thing. Yeah. It could be potentially be any any part of the system. So, What a mess, Chris. And look, I, to your point, I know the Amazon's made strides. The question is, have they done enough? Done enough? Who knows? I don't know. It sounds like you're still hearing rumors and behavior out there. You're seeing examples of these screenshots that are happening. People aren't doing that out of goodwill. Amazon employees to be getting something in exchange for that because that puts their entire their entire um, job, not only that, their freedom in jeopardy. It might be harder for people to reinstate a suspended account coming out of left field for no reason, coming from some other team. Having a, They tried to limit who had access to the tools. That was one thing Amazon did. Internally, they changed permission levels. I mean, that was a great step. I wish they took it in 2016, 2017. But instead of being a random person jumping on and reinstating somebody with like a generic template plan of action or appeal. I think that's harder to do now than it was before. God, so that is good, good news. There are pieces. This, it's not all doom and gloom. I mean, there have been improvements. There have been strides and they have been able to identify employees who are doing stuff like that and say, why did you come in from left field and jump on this account and suddenly reinstate it? They got rid of some of those people. Yeah. I mean, we've heard from, from all over the place, lots of sources that, those people, whatever whatever they did, they made them quit, they interrogated them, they terminated them, they got them out of the company, right? So that's good. There's fewer of those bad apples who are susceptible to these types of offers. The problem is we don't know how many are left. <laughs> Chris, it's tempting, right? If someone, if an Amazon employee calls you and says, hey, you know, you, you, kick, you give me a little kickback here and I'll take care of your problems, it's tempting. We heard from sellers who had very suspicious stuff like I got suspended, 
10 minutes later, I got an oddball phone call saying, hey, I'm on one of the Amazon performance teams. I see that you got recently suspended. You probably need some help. And they told us that in certain instances, they moved the conversation to, oh, by the way, because of my knowledge of the appeals process, because I've read so many plans of action or I've written them myself as part of special teams at Amazon, I'm Moonlight as a consultant, or I can offer you some assistance. And then all of a sudden the conversation changed. We've had clients who got strange phone calls from people who said they were at Amazon. And it was very unclear, like, did you call me because you read the recent appeal I sent? Did you call me because you read my annotations and you know I'm suspended? The people wouldn't give that much detail about which, what team they were on. So there were a couple of times I had to go to Amazon and say, was this a legitimate phone call? These were random phone calls. These people were very murky about who they were and what they were about. And at that point, I already knew that employees, at least some, had contacted sellers under suspicious circumstances by phone. How are you supposed to know which one's the account health team or the seller performance person? How do you know they're telling you the truth that they're on a special unique squad to help you rewrite your appeal? Maybe that's true. They weren't willing to really name the team. They were very cagey about the details. And so I ended up telling people at Amazon, you know what? Do you guys have to make these calls? Because you're freaking people out. Right. And you're scaring people. And then you're so cagey about why they're calling you to say it's about a suspension. But so many sellers are out there know that there are people who are doing illicit moonlighting services, try to create like a side hustle as, as experts. I've seen and heard about that stuff. I can't even imagine how that would put the fear of God in you to get one of those phone calls randomly when you're already anxious right. and stressed about appealing an account suspension. Right. So maybe you've maybe you've heard these stories too. Nothing like you have, Chris. You get all the good, juicy, bad stuff that happens, right? <laughs> I wish we didn't, but we do. You're like a magnet. You're a magnet. I wish someday it would stop. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, has there been any signs that it's lessening at all, or does it still feel the same as it did in 2016, 2020, 2021? Um, abuse is still rampant. People attacking each other. The murky part is, you know, a lot of people, and by the way, don't, for the sellers out there listening, don't just go straight to blaming Amazon. You guys had a bot or a glitch take me down. Sometimes it is you're being attacked by a competitor. On the flip side of that, don't assume it's a competitor when it might be something that Amazon's tools or team screwed up. It could be either of those things. So don't make it, a, definitely press for a solution and press for cause. Because if you figure out what the cause was of it today, you might be able to help yourself in the future when it happens again. But I've seen a lot of people overly assume and get really angry with Amazon. And maybe Amazon should have understood that you were under attack. Maybe there were tons of breadcrumbs. Maybe you've been attacked before and they knew it. And yeah. they just didn't go back and look at the history. But don't be enraged just at Amazon for screwing you. <laughs> because sometimes it's a competitor who got some info uh, through a mastermind, through a group they pay to belong to. It leaked from inside the company. It somehow found its way to a mastermind. And those people are weaponizing info that they never should have had to attack you in ways that'll be harder to detect or that'll just manipulate internal tools in ways that no one, you, me, nobody else would have any clue how to do it unless we had the intel that we shouldn't have had. Right. The abuse isn't going away. I'm hoping that certain kinds of access to employees, certain kinds of bribery, I'm hoping that's lessening 
to the point where maybe not as many people will be saying, I can get screenshots of my account. Do you want to take a look? I'm kind of tired of that question. We're still getting people telling us that. I mean, over time, I'm hoping, and this story isn't going away. This is going to have heat for a while. So maybe that'll make a difference. I hope so. I would really encourage that it might when, uh, when we learned this week that Ed was going to change his plea. And then I got so discouraged when I saw some of the comments. You know, hopefully folks will come to their senses over time as this becomes, you know, once they know how much time Ed's going to do, and I feel badly for his family. Once that comes out, maybe this is the deterrent that everyone needed to see. But, you know, human nature, Chris. Yeah. There's going to be folks out there. And folks, look, just listen again. If something sounds too good to be true, it is. Success in business and in life takes time. You know, shortcuts that skirt the law are just not worth it. You don't want to be an accessory to a crime. I mean, I think some of these people don't understand their culpability. They, they could be an accessory to a crime if they knew where that money was going, or if there were insinuations that there was a special arrangement, special deal. That's kind of enough where you could be at least questioned as an accessory. Yeah. Um, it's not just sellers, by the way. There are also services that were aware of these practices. I don't think they understand that they were almost performing an accessory function. Unless you've got intimate legal knowledge or you've got criminal defense expertise, are you really comfortable making... I've heard so many split-second judgments like, well, I'm not guilty of that. Okay, do you have any legal background or knowledge? Nah, <laughs> I just, that's what that's what my opinion is. Yeah. I and what you said about the comments on the threads, I think the people making the comments on those threads decided in advance what they wanted to believe before they got any facts. If you decide what you want to believe about something, no matter what the outcome is, then whether somebody's innocent or guilty, whether they admit it or not, you're going to make comments that reflect the fact that you kind of don't care what the facts are. You've decided to kind of turn your brain off and 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 you're not interested in hearing any news or data or evidence that's con contrary to what you want to believe. So it's sort of just believing what you want to believe. Maybe we're all guilty of that for certain things. It's human nature for sure. And it's all, uh, what you just described, Chris, is uh, the core issue of a lot of our problems in this country, uh, beyond, <laughs> well, maybe beyond Amazon. And, and if it is yep. a shame, you know, I, I've had to say this, one, want to say publicly how much I appreciate your friendship, Chris, and the friendship of those like James Thompson in the space and Jerry Cavish friends. When yep. I was- the James seller, is very passionate on this topic as well. I yeah. mean, I mean you, you two guys are, and Jerry's as well, are just highest integrity in the space. And you, you're hosting this podcast. Well, well, thank you, Chris. And to my yes, benefit, of course, <laughs> you yourself as well. <laughs> you know, and there yeah. have been times when I was a seller, when I reached out to you guys, where I was really frustrated and putting my shoes and have been uh, putting myself in the shoes of folks who were desperate. And I said, "Work, I'm I'm getting this offer. I'm thinking about doing this. What do you guys think?" And you and James were always like, "Hell, not no, but hell no." And I really appreciate that guidance and. We need more Chris McCabe's out there. We need more James Thompson's out there. Um, and we need more folks out there saying, look, don't, don't, don't try to take shortcuts and break the law and mess with your freedom. It's just not worth it. And a lot of sellers reported things directly to Amazon themselves. Let's say there's a seller listening to the podcast or watching the YouTube channel right now, and, and they get one of these calls that seems really shady and shaky. Chris, what do you recommend? How can they, what, what should they do? The, 
It's hard to give advice. I would say definitely fact check and verify as much as you can. Try to independently verify by, it's the same thing as when you get a spam call from somebody who wants your social security number, your bank passwords. It's kind of like, you know what? I think I'm going to reach out to my own bank independently and find out if <laughs> you're actually with my bank. Yeah, It's sort of the same thing with Amazon. You might gather some, I mean, do a lot of listening and not a lot of talking because find out what they're calling you for. Try to get them to identify themselves or at least their team. Keep in mind that people who give you their name when they call, they might be using a pseudonym because Amazon lets them kind of come up with a Jane Doe or a, or a John Doe type name for the purposes. Of, and I believe that's legitimate because you shouldn't be able to just reverse engineer who you're talking to, go to LinkedIn, find out exactly who they are, try to find out where they live. That's dangerous. Yeah. There's security issues there. Yeah. But call Amazon back, call your account manager if you have one, talk to some of these teams, talk to account health services and say, was that really a call from Amazon asking me to discuss intimate details about my business, account suspensions? Don't forget, some of the sellers getting these phone calls are being told, you're about to be suspended. You're not suspended yet. You would have already seen the notification. And of course, you can tell if you're suspended or not. Yeah. Some of these people, it's kind of like a looming threat, like, oh, you might be suspended in 72 hours. Yeah, right. Some of these people are never suspended and they probably write a plan of action and send it in. This has been happening. We recorded our podcast about it this week. I think we let that drop today in terms of some of those people do not hear back. Hey, we reviewed your plan of action. We, we accepted it. You're okay to go on your way. Have a nice day. Some of those people are in limbo and they call into account health and account health just says, ah, oh, they're still reviewing it. Are they really looking? Is somebody really reviewing it? Did you get a weird call saying you were about to be suspended from somebody who's trying to, you know, harvest info about your business? I mean, I'm not sure if they were planning on suspending you or not, but when they call you out of the blue and it's so, there's a lack of transparency and it's so vague who they are, who they represent, what, what might happen next. Well, it's not just that. It's like, like I was telling somebody at Amazon maybe a year ago when I first heard this, like you're just, you're freaking everyone out. Everyone's already freaked out about account suspensions. You're just freaking them out more. <laughs> Do it in a way so they can sign into Seller Central, see exactly what you're talking about, see exactly which ASINs you're talking about. You know what I mean? Yep. So what yep. people can do, like sometimes they call me and ask me, I don't know. Somebody at Amazon has to confirm right. whether or not that's a legit call. Do they or have not. a hotline and an easy to access hotline or is this through seller support mechanism? You'd have to start at least, well, if you don't have an account manager and hopefully that person doesn't come back with you, well, my access to that tool has been severed. So I don't know either way, because sometimes they do say that, which if you're paying five grand a month, you probably want a better answer, but they're access to different tools was probably severed for this type of reason, controlling the flow of information inside the company for security purposes. But notwithstanding an account manager, account health services should be able to at least, if they can't tell you on the call, they should be able to run down an answer in terms of, was that a legitimate call? Was it from the right team? You know, there's and all these different teams inside Amazon. Internally, if they start to smell something fishy as well. Yeah, there's abuse report. I can help if you want to report abuse like, no, this is a fishy call and it wasn't from somebody at Amazon. Abuse reporting, it's all over my site. I regret that we have to spend so much time on it and that we even have to have those services on my site because quite honestly, I'd rather not have this conversation and just hope, hope that people don't have to focus on this attack and abuse garbage, and they could focus on selling in the rest of this year and years ahead. Yeah. But 
the fact of the matter remains, Amazon needs the help of good corporate citizens to show them details, to show them what happened to their listings, to show them things that uh, we still hear from people who are, somebody is changing the dimensions on their products just to increase their FBA fees or just to get their inventory quarantined. Some of the reporters that have been contacting us, we've been telling them, what about all those fake product recalls? What happened to that story? Was somebody just making this stuff up? You know, people had their inventory quarantined because, oh, that's unsafe or it's defective. No, it wasn't. These are the brands. These are the manufacturers. There was no manufacturer recall. If you are the brand and you're the manufacturer, you probably would know if there was a recall. Where did these mysteries come from? Why were they happening? So Amazon needs your help in reporting this stuff so they can track down whether external parties or in internal parties, to put it charitably, they need to track down where some of this abuse is coming from. Right on, Chris. That's a great way to end yeah. this. Just taking us out. Yeah. Uh, just a lot of news all at once this week. This is something Still unfolding. nobody knows more about this topic than you do. Thank you for joining us on the show to break it down for our listeners and viewers. And, and thanks for all of your hard work on behalf of sellers, as always. It's just, it's a really sad time when someone who, um, you know, positioned himself as uh, someone who supports sellers comes out and pleads guilty of something as nasty as this. I'm hoping that it's a wake-up call, Chris. It's too soon to tell. I'm a little discouraged by the comments on social media, but I mean, I'm always hopeful and forever hopeful that now that the seller community understands that you can literally use, lose your freedom from taking these negative actions that they'll steer, steer clear of them. I hope that there's fewer of these stories, but something tells me, Chris, your team and our, our team over here on the Ace and Reinstating side with Malia, the job security is, is very real. I don't think they have to go. I don't think you have to worry about your next next gig yet, Chris, because this this bad behavior is going to continue. Just hopefully, hopefully the volume could be turned out a little bit. And um, I think the silver lining here is, and we should end this on a positive note because much of this discussion has been discouraging, is that people will vet service providers more now, I do believe. The due diligence and who you hire, what they're doing. Um, we What's still hear reputation? from a lot of people who, well, people hire third-party services. I mean, some forget, forget law-breaking. I mean, obviously, you should know whether or not you're paying somebody for a service. And, oh, yeah, maybe they'll refund you later, but what they're doing might be against the law. That's one thing. Some of these things are just not TOS compliant. They're breaking Amazon policies. The buck stops with you as a seller. You can't just finger point and say, we hired the wrong service. It's their fault. We did the wrong thing. I mean, that is understandable to an extent. But Amazon will hold you responsible to vet these services on the way in, to ask a lot of questions. Ask the right questions. Don't make them fluffy. Make them very pointed and specific and comprehensive. Have a compliance person within your operations who says, wait a minute, before we let these people sign into our account, before we have them start poking around in our listings, we want to know exactly who they are, exactly who their team is, exactly what they've done in the past for this kind of work, because maybe that is something positive we can take away from this. Maybe people will be vetting services yeah. a lot more carefully in the future. I like to think so. I, I, I like to think so too. Don't say it's well done ending on the positive note. Uh, Chris, thanks as always. I guess you're heading to Japan. Safe travels. Enjoy Thank your you. trip. And uh, I'm sure we'll have you back on the show again here soon because this story, my friend, has not ended. Um, not going away. Lastly, if you're ready to start growing and protecting your brand on Amazon with a team of experienced Amazon operators, you can visit us at daddy2podcast.com. That's day the number 2 podcast.com. And if you want to reach out to Chris, 
You can reach him at ecommercechris.com. Folks, he's one of the good guys. You could trust what he says. And in this day and age, that's invaluable. Lastly, if you know of anyone else who would gain value from this podcast, please share it with them. Thanks for listening and happy selling.